Hello and welcome. Thanks so much for listening. This is Embodied Astrology and my name is Renee. I'm your host for this podcast and the voice in the machine. I'm a somatic educator and an anatomy nerd. I identify as a clairsentient or embodied intuitive and I'm also a consulting astrologer and astrology writer amongst other things. I love astrology for the ways that it helps me connect with daily rhythms, with cycles, with seasons, and to remember that I'm living on a magical, mysterious planet that is hurtling at high speed around a burning ball of gas in an infinitely expanding and unknown universe full of planets and stars. I think astrology is a creative and brilliant technology that can help us listen more deeply to our intuition, grow more fully into our highest purpose, and live our lives with just a little more magic and guidance. In today's show, please make sure to listen with your own intuition turned on and open. I can only speak through the lens of my own experience and imagination, and to be honest, that's a pretty small sliver of potentiality. So I may use words or phrases to describe what I'm feeling that don't fully resonate for you. Please feel free to reword and rework what I have to offer and make it work for you. Also, what I'm offering here in today's podcast is definitely a reflection of what I've been thinking about lately and how I'm tuning into some of this planetary energy through my own experience in my life, and also through what I learn working with clients and studying astrology through various forms with various people. Take what works for you, leave the rest. This is not at all meant to be a complete picture of what any astrology means in any kind of way. I hope that anything you find here is beneficial for you in your life and that it resonates within you in ways that are healing, interesting, and enjoyable. So I'm going to start this Virgo season podcast with a very Virgo thing to do, which is to make an edit. In making this edit, I hope that I can clarify something that I said in last month's Leo season podcast, and I also hope that I can clarify a bit about my perspective in general. Last month, I received some feedback from a gracious listener who took the time to write me a very thoughtful email and call me in to be more accountable to something that I said in that episode about Jeff Bezos, the founder and CEO of Amazon, who I had brought up as an example in the context of talking about Leo season astrology, which I was interpreting at the time as a great opportunity to be more accountable to our own hearts and personal energy and the ways that we express ourselves in the world. When I listened back to that episode, I fully agreed with this person's assessment. I also found the portion they were critiquing to be lacking and problematic. If anyone remembers or was listening, this was the part where I was talking about Jeff Bezos as an example of someone using, or in his case not using, their personal power in the world in ways that are connected to their heart. So here's my edit and clarification. I didn't mean at all to imply that JB is suffering exponentially more than anyone else. I certainly didn't mean to say that he suffers more than the folks whose suffering he is directly culpable for in some way, shape, or form. What I meant to say is that the amount of suffering that a person can create and magnify in the world grows in direct relation to the amount of power, influence, wealth, or other kinds of privilege they have. And when said people do not use their power or wealth to actively make the world a better place for all beings and the earth itself, and no, I don't mean providing jobs to people to work at minimum wage with no health benefits or insurance, well, these people are creating a huge amount of suffering. They're perpetuating and increasing suffering that already exists. And the suffering they're creating and increasing is exponentially larger than the suffering that someone who doesn't have that kind of money or power could create. I personally believe that the suffering, as well as the healing that we create in our lives, comes back to us in energetic forms as we live our lives. Maybe it comes back in some kind of cosmic or spiritual way after we die. I don't know. And in this belief, what I was trying to imagine into is the amount of energetic toxicity Jeff Bezos might be living with as a person who creates and increases such an incredible amount of suffering. And in this perspective, I can certainly have compassion for him. I can have compassion for anyone because we all live with suffering and to some extent we all create it and increase it. 
But here's where I want to be clear. It really wasn't my intention and what I said last month to make a call for empathy for Jeff Bezos or for any other rich, powerful people who hoard their wealth and don't contribute to the world's healing in any meaningful way beyond performative gestures that boost their public image. I didn't mean to give him a pass or equate his suffering with the suffering that whiteness and capitalism and patriarchy and all the isms that he so fully embodies create. What I was trying to articulate last month was more of a variation on the Buddhist teaching that no one, none of us, including Jeff Bezos with all of his wealth and privilege, can truly be free or happy until everyone else is. Again, when I re-listened, it was clear to me that these sentiments that I'm speaking now were not actually what I communicated then. What I heard instead was a tone and words that were bypassing, off base, and not helpful which is to say they were harmful. I'm so sorry to anyone who listened and heard me speaking as an agent of white supremacist spiritual bypassing. I'm so sorry for the harmful residue of those words if they landed on you in that way. It is truly not what I intended. I'm also sorry to anyone who listened and didn't really notice what I said, but who was left with some kind of subliminal impression that it's okay or even spiritually or astrologically a good idea to give people a pass who aren't using more of their incredible power and wealth to make this world a better place. So that's my edit and clarification. And if it's your first time listening and you've made it this far, I hope that also helps to clarify a bit about who I am and the values and perspective I hope to bring into astrology. Tropical or Western astrology, which is what I've learned and what I practice to some extent, is a language that has strong ties to European colonizer mentality and patriarchy. In my work here, I'm really trying to do my best to decolonize and unsettle astrology and my own perspective as a white, able-bodied cis woman with some class privilege. It is my intention to relate with astrology through an intersectional lens as a liberatory technology, and to bring as much queerness into it as I possibly can. And I would like to extend my deep and heartfelt thank you to everyone in my life who helps me work towards these intentions. I also want to thank the person who wrote me last month again. Thank you so much. This person shared a few articles with me that have been really informative and illuminating to read. They've helped me become more aware of empathy as a practice and an ideal that definitely needs to be critically engaged with. I'm going to share the links to those articles in the show notes for this episode, as well as on embodiedastrology.com in the blog post for this episode. And if you're a person who's spent much time thinking about the role of empathy in your path of healing or self-growth, and definitely if you've thought about it as some kind of tool or practice to bring into relating with others across lines of difference and distance, I think you might find that these articles are interesting and important for you to read as well. I also want to say that the issues these articles raise are really important, especially for those of us who move through our lives with the insulation of white privilege or class privilege. In reading these articles, I really had to look at some of my beliefs and unexamined assumptions about the ways that empathy works and can work. All right, so that's my intro to Virgo as a sign that teaches us and me a lot about editing, refining, and humbling. As I continue in this offering for Virgo, I want to make clear that I'm trying to talk about an energy that exists in the natural world and also in everyone in our bodies, regardless of our differences. Again, I may not speak about this energy in ways that are always entirely relatable for everyone. So please do try and listen with the invitation to think of these symbols through your own creative and intuitive lens and expand upon them and explore them for yourself. In today's podcast, I'm not going to be talking about Virgo sun sign people, though those folks may feel resonant in some ways with what I'm saying. I'm talking to Virgo, which is an energy that exists within all of our charts, within all of our potentiality. And if you're a person who knows what house Virgo rules for you in your natal chart, or if you know that you have particular planets and points in Virgo, 
you might want to be listening to this through a lens of holding those planets, points, houses in your mind and your consciousness as well. Okay, so before I dive in, remember that you can find more invitations to connect with Virgo's energy for your sign specifically or your rising sign specifically in the Embodied Astrology Horoscopes, which are now available on all of your favorite listening platforms and also from embodiedastrology.com where you can find short written affirmation horoscopes for each sign as well. So one of the ways that I understand and experience Virgo most clearly in my own experience is through the way that I notice nature organizing itself so intelligently. Um, if you have ever been in any natural landscape, uh, maybe you've noticed like how perfect the color palette is and how the composition is always totally dialed in. I'm constantly amazed by this when I'm traveling or when I'm experiencing landscapes that I love, you know, like mother nature is really the best artist ever. She never makes any mistakes. Um, she always has every detail totally worked out. If you're a gardener or a farmer or herbalist or biologist, uh, you probably know about symbiosis in nature, um, which is basically when two or more species evolve to help each other survive. And when I learn about this kind of intelligence, like the kind of intelligence that knows where certain flowers need to grow in order to help certain insect populations thrive, in order to pollinate other certain plants who in turn are major food sources for the larger fauna in that specific area, that is what I would call Virgo. So today I wanna to tune into Virgo as the energy of specificity and detail. Um, here on Earth, there's always a lot of stuff going on, things changing rapidly, specificities and details have got to keep up, and Virgo is that intelligence. Virgo is what's considered to be a mutable sign, meaning that it changes things, it adapts to things. It arrives at a time of year when weather patterns are changing and the natural world is shifting seasonal states. Um, so here where I am in the Northern Hemisphere, Virgo season is the time of year when summer changes into fall. And I don't know about anyone else up here if you're noticing this, but Virgo season is just so noticeable. Literally, the first day of Virgo this year, I felt just a touch of chill in the air, and the quality of the sun's light was just a little bit more Virgo and less Leo. Um, I'm noticing colors are changing, there are lots more browns and golds, Grains and squashes are coming up in gardens in my neighborhood. Um, in this part of the world, Virgo season is also back to school time. And as, it, as I've been talking with clients um, in the last couple of weeks, even during the strangeness of this year and being in pandemic mode, a lot of people are still really feeling that back to school energy. Um, some people are really trying to figure out how to be back at school, uh, but people in general, it seems, are trying to get more organized. They're cleaning out their mental spaces. They're making lists. They are getting serious. They're getting practical. So I'm curious, how is Virgo season feeling for you so far? What are you noticing? What's shifting around you since Leo season has come and gone? What's the light like in this time of year where you live? What are you wanting to do? What are you wanting to eat? What's nature doing around you? What's Virgo like in your world? Okay, so along with Virgo being an energy that we can appreciate in the world around us, and I, again, just really appreciate Virgo energy as nature's intelligence, as its high-functioning organizational capacities, its keen eye for detail and refinement, and its ability to be endlessly intentionally adaptable. Um, Virgo is also a quality that we get to embody in our own lives. And in the ways that Virgo works through nature, it also works through us. So our bodies, as clunky and imperfect as they might seem to us sometimes, are such incredible manifestations of organizational genius. Really, I mean, the ways that our bodies adapt with our environments is Virgo at work. The ways that our bodies metabolize our environments is Virgo at work. In medical astrology, Virgo rules our intestines. And if you took just a minute, in fact, just take a minute right now, please put your hands over your belly, take some deep breaths in and out, Take a moment and appreciate that your body, at least to some extent, 
has the ability to absorb and assimilate a huge amount of nourishment and information all of the time. You're constantly intaking information through your sense organs and making sense of it. You're constantly absorbing particulate matter from the environment, and your body is doing its best job of directing all of that matter where it needs to go. When you take in nourishment through food or through drink, your body knows how to break down that nourishment into small pieces, tiny, 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 tiny pieces. It knows how to absorb and assimilate them and put them into all the right places where they can do what your body needs them to do. So this ability to break things down into details and to organize them and make use of them in practical ways, for me, this feels like Virgo's power. So I don't know about the consciousness of the earth or how exactly the earth goes about attending to their details, um, but I do know about my own consciousness and I'm a person that has Venus and Mercury in Virgo. And I know a lot of other people with a lot of Virgo placements, and I work with you all in sessions all of the time, so I feel pretty confident in saying that the ability to be detail-oriented goes hand-in-hand hand with being critical. And criticism is definitely a Virgo function. And if we think about the function of critique, which is to be specific and pointed and pick out what's not working and what could be better, this is Virgo. Okay, so criticism is cool, right, in small doses when it's balanced with appreciation and relaxation, but in any kind of large doses, criticism can do some really strange things to us as human beings, right? Like just ask anyone who's ever been through a graduate program. So when we get into highly critical perceptive states, we have a tendency to lose the forest for the trees, so to speak. Um, this is to say that we can easily forget about the bigger picture or the larger world outside the details because we're so focused. And if we're constantly picking things apart, we also tend to inhabit resting states that are highly critical. Um, and those resting states often manifest as neuroses, uh, as anxiety, as persistent pessimism, as closed-mindedness, uh, fearfulness, intense judgment, you know, towards ourselves and others, bad, 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 cranky moods. Um, okay, so again, I'm not saying, okay, I'm not saying this is how Virgo people are at all. Uh, most of the Virgos I know are loving, highly creative, radical babes. But I'm saying that these Virgo qualities are something that any of us can embody. And those of us with Virgo placements might just want to look at where these details come out. Um, so for example, as a person who has my natal Mercury in Virgo, um, you know, this is a strong placement in some senses. Mercury is the planetary ruler of Virgo and it can function really well in this sign. Um, Mercury rules the mind, it rules thoughts and language. And I really resonate with Mercury in Virgo as a person who really appreciates specificity in language. I am also a person who would call myself a critical thinker. I enjoy being a critical thinker. I love analyzing things. I want to take them apart. I want to see how they work. I want to understand them. Um, and this function in me is awesome, but it can also sometimes become quite dysfunctional if I'm not careful. Um, and anyone who knows me well knows that I can really spiral in my thoughts sometimes and I can get obsessive and myopic and ultra focused and forget that I'm also a body and not just a brain. Um, when I get into that space and I'm critiquing something, it's usually really challenging for me to let go of what I'm fixated on. And it's usually myself. And I will chew myself up and spit myself out a million times and not get anywhere for it. So while this quality in many ways is a strength for me, it allows me to be good at what I do. It's literally my job. Um, this analyzing and making connections through thought and language and describing and explaining things, this quality also quickly becomes my weakness when it gets out of balance. So I'm curious, do you know where Virgo is in your chart? Do you know what house it rules? In tropical astrology and Western astrology, there are things called houses. Um, there are houses and other kinds of astrologies too, but in Western astrology, the, the houses are set up in a certain arrangement with the signs. And depending on your rising sign, what time you were born, 
all of the signs influence the houses in your chart. And so somewhere in your natal chart, there is Virgo, being Virgo, being what it is. Um, where is that for you? Do you know what's going on there? Do you know about planets or points that you have in Virgo and you know what their energies are? Um, so pay attention to in this month, just how do you see Virgo working through you and your awareness and in your ways of being? And if you're working with astrology, definitely watch it as it works through your chart. Um, so I think, you know, in Virgo season this year that it is probably really good for all of us to pay attention um, to some details and try our best to let go of others. Um, not so different from other times of year, but there's so much going on in the world right now and there is so much that's so wrong and so worthy of critique, but also it's been like this for a good long while and, you know, depending on who you are and how you've been engaging, in Virgo season, you might also need to be a little bit more gentle with yourself and the others that are around you. So this is not me just saying like chill and ignore the shit that's going down right now. We really can't afford to do that. Our children and our future generations cannot afford for us to do that right now. But it is to say, be discerning, be practical, be humble, be realistic and be efficient in what you decide to give your energy to. All of those are Virgo qualities. So this is a month to choose your battles, um, attend to the details that are really worth attending to, and let anything that's unnecessarily taking up your attention or filling up your psychic space go. Be practical. So what are the first three steps that you need to take with that project you wanna complete? What needs to be in place so that you can do the things you think you might need to do to be prepared for what's coming up on the horizon? You know, is it really worth your time and energy trying to convince your staunchly conservative racist sexist cousin that Black Lives Matter? Or would you be better uh, using your time volunteering for Black-led organizations or phone banking or fundraising or talking to your neighbors? So choose your battles. Where are you putting your time, your energy, and your attention? Is it really worth it? Be humble. Virgo is a sign that reminds us that no matter how much we do, it's still not going to be enough, and no matter how well we do it, it will never be perfect. So no one, including you, including me, needs a big glorious ego right now to be taking up a ton of space, thinking about how amazing it is, or how it's the only one keeping things together, how no one else ever helps out, or how it could and does do better. Um, being humble means that we understand that we're working constantly in relationship, and that our relationships to everything around us and I mean people, places, plants, animals, microbes, the weather. All of our relationships have everything to do with how well we work and what our work can actually do in the world. Okay, so when we're working with Virgo, we're always also working with Virgo's opposite sign, which is Pisces. And you might want to think of Virgo and Pisces as two ends of a continuum. Virgo is the details and Pisces is the whole picture. Uh, Virgo focuses, Pisces forgets. Virgo is critical, Pisces is compassionate. Okay, so remember, I'm not talking about people who are Virgo or Pisces sun people. I'm talking about energy flowing through us. We all get to access it. So when we think of Pisces, let's think about states of overwhelm. Let's think about the climate. And by that, I mean the weather and the atmosphere, but I also mean the emotional and psychic climate or the mood of this time that we're in right now in 2020. And let's think about infinitely overlapping, intersecting, interpermeating, continuously accumulating residues of history that live through into our perceptions, into our assumptions, into our moods. So Virgo is an energy that we can describe it, we can take it apart and analyze it and give you a list of what it is. Pisces is an energy that can't be described at all. It's vague, it's complicated, it's everywhere, it's nowhere, it obscures, it erases, it pushes things into the background, hidden spaces where we don't see them. Um, Pisces is an energy that's way too big to comprehend. You know, we all live on this planet with almost 9 billion people on it. And like, do any of us have any idea what life is actually like really for most of anyone else? Like, do we, any of us have any idea 
how we all got here or how this is all going to work out, right? So Pisces gets to be the mysterious. It's the unknown. And Virgo gets to be known. So Virgo is tangible and Pisces is intangible. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now, right? Like there's an overwhelm. We have a climate crisis on our hands. We have worldwide wars that have been going on for decades. We have billions of people in various states of chosen and forced migration. We have species going extinct every day. We have hundreds of years of racism, thousands of years of sexism to contend with. We have people like Jeff Bezos in untouchable, impenetrable fortresses of corporate wealth pulling puppet strings in the background. We have Donald Trump, a literal, actual Klansman and wannabe dictator in the White House. And if you, like me, are in the U.S., we have an election coming up pretty soon. And on top of all of this, we're in a global pandemic. And there's a mysterious disease that's spreading and no one really knows how or what to do about it. But in the meantime, things are falling apart and people are dying and suffering and losing their homes and no one knows when it's going to end. Right? Like there is some shit going down. And it's really overwhelming. And unfortunately, astrology can't tell us what's going to happen. Um, but I do think that it can point us in some directions and maybe give us some clues to try and work as skillfully, right, Virgo, skill, as we possibly can. Okay, so this is my forecast for Virgo season in 2020. Think back to 2008. What have you been working on in these last 12 years? This could be one very specific or defined project. This could be a more general way of being or living. This could be ways you've had to work with circumstances or conditions that life has thrown at you. When you think back to 2008, think about a trajectory that has asked you to claim power somehow. Think about any ways that you have had to deal with insecurity or fear. Think about power dynamics with other people or authorities or the world in general. Think about ways that you've been working to take control of something. Um, think about ways you've been working to transform something. Think about struggles and hard times, but also what you've made out of those struggles and hard times. So think, think all the way back to 2008 in these 12 years, those themes. Now, in the last two to two and a half years, there may have been increased pressure in this area of your life, a feeling like maybe like you need to deal with more external control, more restriction. There may have been significant limiting factors in your life. For a lot of people, the last two years um, may have been more internal and more of a time when they've actually found themselves being more strategic, uh, controlled, discerning, needing to be responsible, like get, getting their priorities aligned somehow. So something has shifted energetically since about the end of 2017. And since the beginning of this year of 2020, there's been, I think, a, a, a strong and growing sensation of coming change. So I said coming change, and we're definitely still in this process, okay? So whatever it is for you, whatever you're thinking about, there's still a need to wrap things up. There's still a need to complete things, to make sense of things, etc. But when you think back on your trajectory in these last 12 years, um, what can you see in your life that you've been building up to? Okay, so now also in the last two years, um, there has been something that's happening. And this is going to be different for everyone in the way that um, you're feeling it. Okay, so I'll, I'll describe it as generally as I can. Um, and the best way to do that, I think, is by just saying unexpected developments. So as you think back into the last two, two and a half years, what has really come out of nowhere? And this is pre-COVID, okay? So COVID for sure is one of the many unexpected developments that the thing I'm talking about has something to do with. But for the time being, think back to pre-pandemic, 2017, 2018, um, and consider if in any of these past few years, there have been circumstances that kind of, you know, just took you for surprise or significantly shifted your trajectory. 
So for lots of us, these circumstances have been, again, internal. And they might not necessarily be something that feels like it's happening to us, but maybe instead something that's happening in us. And some uh, feelings that I could describe, you know, for this kind of internal uh, unexpected development, um, people may have been noticing that their thoughts, feelings, desires, etc., are changing really rapidly, and they're really shifting, you know, in terms of how they're feeling themselves from the inside. And honestly, I mean, I think for a lot of us, these feelings might not be so surprising or foreign feeling, but they might be an up-leveling of something and an urgency around something that we can't ignore anymore. So there could be a kind of restlessness or impulsivity or courage, um, but there's really a need to take some, some new steps and create some new changes in our ways of doing and being. So in Virgo season, in the next 30 days, we have opportunity to work with these processes really deeply. Um, we can make intentional, careful, discerning choices, Virgo, if we're working well with what Virgo gives us, right, which is intentionality and discernment and a, a good balance of criticism. Um, and that energy can really help us in these long-term processes that I've just been talking about. So specifically, the energy that Virgo is bringing in can really help us make significant decisions. Um, and for some of us, this could mean significant endings. Um, and as we move through the next 27 days, I'm recording on August 25th, three days into Virgo season, um, there is a lot of support to end things, to finish things, to clear out, to complete, to say goodbye. Okay, so endings could be really joyful and it's time. Um, so Virgo is going to help us with this and it will help if you work with it. Virgo is an energy that really doesn't like clutter and the ways that Virgo is interacting with, um, the other astrology of, of this time, uh, says to me that clutter has got to go and it might not actually be the clutter that you think it is. So you want to check out your Definitely, you know, your physical space and your possessions, but really check out your mental space, your emotional space, your psychic space, your spiritual space. And that's, you know, where you really want to focus on relieving yourself of clutter, of anything that is getting in your way, keeping things stagnant, gathering dust, etc. Um, and of course, if working in your physical space helps you do that, do that. So from now through September 5th, we are in a major opportunity window. Um, and remember that this is the wisdom of astrology, right? Like any time is good if you know what the time is good for. So the opportunity moments in the next 10 days have to do with being able to see things differently. And the window that we're in right now is allowing us new important insights into these long-term processes of change. Um, so we might now be able to see how certain choices we made many years ago are playing out or how choices we make now could play out in the future. Um, but from now through the full moon on September 1st, September 2nd, pay attention to what is asking for change in your life. If you feel restless, if you feel dissatisfied, pay attention. If there have been certain elements in your life that you've been mucking around with for years and trying to make them fit and get them into the right spot, honestly, now could be the time when you finally see how to turn them just so, how to clean them up just a little bit so they finally fit and work right. And now could be the time that you're finally going to figure out too that this thing that you're mucking around with is not interesting anymore and you're just going to let it go. So this period of time, as we lead up to the full moon, um, we are really supported in this work of seeing things differently and making um, good discerning choices when we expand our perceptive awareness and make the space to see things differently. So this means that we have to pull back from the details that Virgo describes, actually. Um, we want to pull out of intense myopic states of critique. Um, we want to pick up on the highlight of the Pisces moon, right? Pisces as an energy that is really expanded. Um, and as we move towards the illumination of the, of the full moon, um, you know, if possible, in whatever ways you can, take some, some days to be 
uh, with the energy of the full moon. Um, and what I am meaning by that, or what I feel with that, is take some time to really try and connect with the big picture of whatever is relevant for you. Um, so the big picture, you know, could be a lot of things. It could be the big picture of the world, the big picture of your life. Um, but you want to take time. And some of the ways that you might take time to connect with the big picture um, could be to increase your dreaming time, like sleep, sleep in, take some naps. Um, you might want to work with creative practices um, like journaling or uh, drawing or I don't know, whatever you do, crafting. Um, you might want to engage yourself with some kind of like imagination practice. Um, you want to access the more creative, non-linear parts of your brain and get those parts to start opening up and fantasizing. Um, you might do this by like carving out really good long chunks of time to just sit and meditate. You know, that's an amazing way to, to get in touch with this energy. Um, and then I don't know, some people might want to read books or listen to podcasts that help you think about big picture stuff. Um, not the news, not the news right now, but like something that's dealing with like space or time or evolution or the spirit realms or something like that. Um, I definitely am going to want to get outside and get myself somewhere where I can see a really big view and really let my eyes take in vastness. So if that sounds good to you, then, you know, find a vista somewhere. Um, think about it for yourself. Make some time around the 1st or the 2nd of September to take a step back from the details and linear time and all of the shit of now and feel into the big picture, feel into the big possibility, big awareness. Um, I also want to say that these next few weeks are really good for um, getting attuned and aligned with self-care. Um, and I didn't talk so much in this episode about some of the other amazing Virgo qualities, like its healing ability. Um, in brief, Virgo is the sign of healers and the sign of the ability to attend the details because we know that the details comprise the whole. And if you've been feeling burnt out or depleted or overwhelmed in any ways that you can take breaks or pause or get rest, these couple of weeks are excellent times to be listening to those needs as well. So as we move into September, energy starts to shift. And this is such a heightened, spectacular, dramatic time on Earth. So we might not necessarily notice people's uh, energy shifting. But what it looks like to me is that in early September, there is a lot of new movement. Um, now, here is where a lot of your discernment and decisions from the first part of Virgo season will really start to come into play. So notice how you do things differently, okay? Like it might be really obvious, but it could also be super subtle. But notice how you're changing, uh, particularly how you're changing in regards to these long-term projects or processes. And as we get to the new moon at the end of the month, which is exact on September 17th, we are really supported to make clear, conscientious decisions. And so all of this new thinking, this new perspective, awareness of what we're ready to let go of and clear out as we get to the new moon, we can make those choices. We can let the things go. We can shift our energy. And the new moon gift uh, of its energy that it's bringing in is steadiness, stability, um, decisive and effective action. And I don't know about you, but after the rest of this year, I'm looking forward to that clarity. Um, really hoping that, you know, I'm right or whatever. And that's the thing that we'll feel. So um, if that resonates for you, I'm just going to say that uh, the feeling that I'm getting is that this new moon offers us a, a corner to turn. And it's clear, you know, when we're turning that corner, we know what we're working with and it's clear. And we know what we're trying to do. We know what we need to shift. Um, and so all we have to do is act on what we know. And that part is 100% up to you. So throughout this month of Virgo season, we are well supported and advised to keep reminding ourselves that there is always more than meets the eye. Um, we never really know how anything is going to work out because things keep working and working and working and some kind of momentum for a really long time much longer than our lifespans. 
So try to give yourself positive and supportive outlets for dealing with your overwhelm this month. Um, if you really want to work with Virgo's energy, then I'd say find one or two details that are really working well. They're really beautiful and just really focus on them. Um, try to keep yourself from spiraling, spiraling and just hold on to those details, you know, focus on what's good, even if it's just that little flower growing in the crack in the concrete, you know, water that flower, tend that flower, protect it, appreciate it, admire it, show other people the flower, get other people on board with caring for it and admiring it. Remember that you can't do everything and nothing you do will ever be perfect. Try to treat yourself with respect and consideration and let yourself off the hook. Uh, because you're working to know yourself. You're working to improve. And Virgo in its opposition to Pisces reminds us that it really helps when we're working with spirit. Um, so whatever you like to call it, goddess, god, Gaia, universe, try to align yourself with that energy. Um, try to align yourself with something that is way bigger and way more powerful than you. Remind yourself that the world is absurd and magical and we live on a ball of dirt hurtling through space around a giant ball of flaming gas and no one really knows why. You know, maybe there's a master plan. I don't know. Maybe this is all part of the plan, right? Believe in some kind of greater consciousness and mystery. Don't get attached to it. Certainly don't go around trying to enforce it on anyone else, but do connect with it, whatever it means to you, this mystery or this magic. Uh, finally, Mars retrograde begins on September 9th, and this leads us into an important process of learning to work more skillfully with our own power. Mars is retrograde until November 14th, but its retro shade or retro shadow extends until early January um, of next year. So really, we're working with it until then. I personally interpret this particular transit as a period of increasing pressure um, without easy or apparent relief. So during this next couple of months, we really need to work effectively with our own energy. Locate appropriate outlets for your force to move through. Um, there's a good chance that we will also need to manage and respond to aggression or to anger in ourselves and in others. Um, and, you know, this transit coincides with quarantine restrictions that very well may intensify. We're moving into winter. Winter is coming in the global north. And for those of us in the U.S., of course, it also coincides with what is sure to be a very stressful presidential election. So our feelings of rage, frustration, isolation, and oppression may significantly increase, but understanding the potentials of this astrological symbolism gives us some degree of agency to plan for these circumstances and to make conscious decisions about how we might want to work with them. Um, so you can use this retrograde to put self-care habits into place. You use Mars retrograde and Virgo season, you got a double whammy for self-care habits that support you and that last. Um, so find practices that can help you channel and release your excessive energy. Um, if you are stuck at home, um, consider making a home practice schedule that you can stick to that will get your circulation and breath moving at least a few times a week, if not every day. And that doesn't have to be an intense movement practice. It can literally just be a breathing practice or, you know, wiggling your fingers and toes, stretching your body, or doing something more uh, dynamic. But find a way to be in your body every day to move energy out of your body every day. Um, if you... Are interested and if you have access activities that support conscientious movement of energy like martial arts are awesome um, I've been taking classes with a person named Laurel Atwell um, who who does an amazing job um, teaching Qigong and I really have been loving her her practice um, and you can find her on Instagram um, at the well yeah. And given, you know, given the potential for aggression and rage that might surface during this transit, um, and 
Honestly, we don't need astrology to know that there's a lot of aggression and rage that is surfacing right now. So if you want to call it Mars retrograde, you can. Um, but either way, I think it's definitely helpful for all of us right now to have some protocols in place that allow us to vent. Um, so setting up like regular meetings with a therapist, you can work with a peer support group. Um, those would be options. Talking to a trusted friend, you know, like getting out somewhere where you have five minutes alone and venting into your pillow, writing angry letters and tearing them up, you know, whatever you need. Um, but get it out, like don't bottle it up. Um, you also might want to take this opportunity of Mars retrograde to really like take it on and to learn and study more about anger and its healing potentials. Um, I've been reading Love and Rage by Lama Rod Owens, and I've also really been appreciating Dr. Jennifer Mullen. Um, she does amazing work called De Decolonizing Therapy, and you can find her on Instagram at Decolonizing Therapy. Uh, she led a workshop recently on honoring our sacred rage, and she's going to be an embodied astrology guest coming up in a couple of weeks. So check out Jennifer Mullen's interview when it comes out and all of her work. She's a really incredible doula and friend through these um, amazingly sacred and um, powerful emotions. If you want to work with me a little bit more through this time with astrology and somatic work, please check out the Virgo season attunement ritual, which is now available on my website. That ritual offering is a recording of a live event that took place last Sunday. Um, we worked with a guided somatic meditation and visualization process. We moved through and into a lot of this astrology that I've been talking about um, through different kinds of, of body practices and imagination practices. And then there was support for folks to work with their own charts um, to more deeply understand where in their lives they can focus uh, on right now and how they can work there. Um, so the ritual recording is available all month of Virgo season until September 22nd when Libra season begins. It's available by sliding scale. 50% of the proceeds of uh, this class will go to Handewa Farms, an Afro-Indigenous women-led collective dedicated to farming, providing access to fresh quality foods, to insecure households and communities, and improving the quality of life for others. You can also check out my special upcoming three-day embodied astrology intensive called Pivot Transform Shift, using astrology to change your life and change the world in 2020 and 2021. In this intensive, you'll learn the basics of working with signs, planets, houses, and transits in tropical astrology to develop your understanding of current planetary symbolism and the major transits of 2020, 21, and 22 in aspect to your natal chart. Um, so this workshop is especially for folks who are wanting to pivot, transform, and shift. I have to say that the last few months of 2020 are a really profound time to make moves in a new direction. And my interest is in working with people who are specifically uh, making moves to mobilize towards transformation and transformative justice and environmental sustainability. So if that sounds like you, please hop on my website where you can learn more and register as always at sliding scale. And 30% of the proceeds for that live workshop and the recording, um, which will be available at least through the end of 2021, will be going to Mudbone Grown's Solidarity Love Shares for Black Families. Um, this is a farming collective here in the Northwest that provide eight weeks of healthy and fresh food to Black families who need it and trains and supports Black farmers at a living wage of $20 an hour. Okay, so this brings me to, to my conclusion and the last thing that I want to say in this episode, um, which is that Virgo season is the season that holds the Labor Day holiday for those of us here in the U.S. and Canada. That's September 7th. But wherever you are in the world, Virgo is a patron energy of laborers. Um, and this season, I mean every season, but especially this season, is an excellent time to meditate on how essential our essential services are and how many people, how many bodies, how many hours of day and years of life are given to the work that supports all of us. So all wealth comes from the earth and all wealth comes from labor. And I couldn't make this podcast or do most of the things I do if it wasn't for the labor of thousands and thousands and thousands of people, um, most of whom I will never know and never even know exist. Jeff Bezos certainly wouldn't have his wealth if it weren't for so many laborers, you know? 
And the wealth gap in this world is astounding and horrific. And the very people who hold this world together are the very same people who systematically are left out of the conversation about how the world should be run and what its priorities should be. So if you want to do something in Virgo season that is really practical, that really takes care of what needs to be taken care of first, um, figure out how to support laborers. And I mean farmers, sanitary workers, care workers, mothers, parents, emotional laborers, migrant laborers, day laborers, the people who build your home, the people who clean it, the people who grow your food and get it to your doorstep, the people who take care of your kids, your elders, the people who take care of you. Donate your money, donate your time, make some calls, sign petitions. Um, if you are in the U.S., use Virgo season to prepare for election season. Please make sure that you're registered to vote. Help people get registered to vote and don't delay. The GOP is doing everything it can to disenfranchise voters, especially black voters, especially young voters, and especially poor voters. So if you have any extra days here or extra bucks there, you um, know where you can spend them. And I know that electoral politics is a bullshit pony show and spectacle. I know it feels really hopeless and pointless for a lot of folks to vote, but I am asking you from the bottom of my heart to vote anyway. Joe and Kamala are not the answers we need. We all know this, but they are a step in a better direction. And here's the thing, you guys, astrology-wise, things are really changing by the end of the year, and we are moving in a significantly different direction. And I'll talk about it more next month, but this December brings us to the ending and the beginning of important 20 and 200-year cycles. The point of reckoning is now. We are wedged right up between that rock and the hard place, and if we don't push back against these fascists, we will not have a livable planet in a few decades. Okay, so now is the time. Don't be egotistical and only look out for you and yours. Understand that the most practical thing you could be doing right now is sharing goodwill and working for the good of all. And that is really all that will save any of us at this point. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone. If you want more astro and want me to break it down for you, please become a monthly subscriber and check out my extended forecasts and daily astro journal, where I give you all the details about which planets are doing what and what I think that means. And I also work a lot with Virgo through somatic practice and energy work in the Virgo season attunement ritual. And it is there as a resource for you and your Virgo experience. And I love you so much. And I'm wishing you all the best in Virgo season and beyond. <laughs>